Ready? <coughs> yep. Welcome to the Practical Rambling Fathers to continue our Saint edition. So we're going to talk about Saint Monica and Saint Augustine. Augustine and sort of mention Saint Ambrose. Ambrose too. So as well. first Saint Monica. So Saint Monica, um, Saint Augustine's mother. Um, this feast day is was actually yesterday when we recorded this, August 27th. She's the patron of wives and abuse victims. She was born in 331 and died in 387. She was married um, to uh, Patricius, um, and they had three kids together, and he was a pagan. She was Catholic. He was pagan, and she constantly um, was praying for them. Apparently, Patricius and his mother, who lived with them, her mother-in-law, both had flaring anger issues, and she, which creates a lot of problems, but she uh, challenged, she accepted the challenge and was patient in it and offered it back for their conversion. Um, one year before the death of her husband, uh, Patricius, um, both the mother-in-law and Patricius actually converted um, to the faith. Um, they had three kids, St. Augustine, uh, Nivegius and Perpetua. Um, so wasn't able to baptize them as kids because um, her, her husband wouldn't allow it. And then um, after the death of Patricius, she sends Augustine to Carthage to go to school at 17 years old um, and becomes a... And, um, yeah, kind of leaves there, and then we'll jump to the end of her life. The end of her life is read in August 27th in the Office of Readings from St. Augustine's Confessions, which we'll get to. Um, she gets ill um, coming back from where they're at, and Navigius and Augustine are with her, and she says, bury me, let my body be no... Um, no hold up for you, and the younger brother, uh, Navigius, says, uh, Mother, how, how, how would you ever die in a foreign land? Let's get you better so that you can die in your home, your homeland. And she said, How dare you think of earthly things as such as that? Um, bury me, let my body be of no concern to you, so bury me basically where I die. She ends up dying and being buried. That's yeah. pretty bold for a mother to say so, that, though. Yeah. So, she was, yeah, her life was the conversion of her family. So, beautiful witness there. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, she's known for the power of intercessions and bringing, trying to bring families into union with Christ and his church. Correct. For 20 years, she prayed for her son. Um, yeah, so, so let's talk about St. Augustine, her son. St. Augustine was... Probably one of the most famous sons, St. Monica. Um, he's known for his works, The City of God, and also Confessions, right? Um, he lived a, a notorious life before he got to know Jesus. But because he, um, but because he was such a, an intelligent person, um, his mother sent him <clears throat> to Carthage to learn from the best schools, hoping that, he will, that in his journey to seek the truth that he will find Christ but instead when he was studying he was introduced to, to the Manichaeism there and then actually joined them so the Manichaeism is a very a dualistic religion 
They, they, they view the spiritual world as, as good. So anything principle, anything with your intellectual mind, it's, it was very good. But the body was like bad. All flesh is evil. And, so there's, and then so in their minds, there's, there's this battle of good and evil doesn't really help people that much either, too, as well. Um, <clears throat> so, yes. So, so he constantly struggled. So he, he, because he was so smart, everything came easy to him. So he didn't mind just doing the things that, that he wanted because he could argue his way against out of anything that, that, that he wanted. But he was never really happy. Um, <clears throat> and so his mother kept praying for him and hoping that he could, you know, that, um, that he could turn his life around. Um, and so what happened was one day his mother said, you're coming with me to church. <laughs> That's all good mothers say. And thank God that day St. Ambrose was preaching. <clears throat> and after moving uh, homily, St. Augustine was really angry because he thought he could beat St. Ambrose in a one-on-one encounter. So he goes, uh, so his, his mom, Simana, takes him up to meet St. Ambrose. And St. Ambrose just looked at him and said, if you're here to really get to know Jesus, then we'll talk. If not, go home. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> so that really angered him, but it really, it really helped humble Augustine. And he greatly respected St. Ambrose because they go back and forth numerous times in their conversations. Um, you know, to be able to, because, uh, you know, just because he, he didn't want to believe in God, so he wanted a way not to believe in God. But he wasn't happy. And so one day, um, he was just sick and tired of everything. And so he started to read more of the life of St. Anthony, um, the one of the Desert Fathers. And then he told his friend, El. Uh, Olypius saying what are we doing all these people that have believed in Christ are going to heaven by force and we are the ones that are so called manichaeism right so very agnostic they have all this knowledge we're not doing any better like we're not happy at all like we're, we're worse than before and so St. Augustine got so desperate he goes out into the garden and flings himself onto the ground and prays Lord why can't you just take away my sins and just convert me essentially then he hears he has a vision where a child says to him, "Take up and read, take up and read." And so the book of the gospel falls <laughs> in front of him, and so he he's okay. If this is from you, God, he opens the book and starts reading the letter of Saint Paul. And after that, he just fell in love because Saint Paul challenged him to put away all his impurity and to live for Jesus. And from then he he, he takes on a new life. He was baptized, became a priest, and then a bishop. Um, so he considered one of the greatest doctors of the church. So I'll read one of the moments um, within the confession that is famously quoted. Um, it's a relatively lengthy paragraph, but it kind of sums up his life a little bit, and I feel like our lives too, in some sense, um, as we all are human. But He says, Late have I loved you, O beauty ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. You were within me, but I was outside. And it was there that I searched for you. In my unlovingness, I plunged into lovely things which you created. You were with me, but I was not with you. Created things kept me from you. Yet, if they had not been in you, they would not have been at all. You called, you shouted, you broke through my deafness. You flashed, you shone, you dispelled my blindness. You breathed your fragrance on me. I drew in breath, and now I paint, pant for you. 
I have tasted you, I now hunger and thirst for more. You touched me, and I burn for your peace. Beautiful way of saying creation is what he was running into, to having uh, illicit uh, uh, relations, illicit relations, and um, going into the loveliness of the world, which the world is a lovely place. God created it good. Um, and yet, he created all of it. And then St. Augustine realizes if he, it's all lovely because you are lovely. And it's only existing because you're exi- making it exist. Um, and then the beautiful part of the whole thing is that the Lord is the one that was coming out of him, after him. He wasn't going after the Lord, right? So he was going after the created things versus the creature, the creator himself. You called, you shouted, you broke through my deafness. So just this powerful experience of God being the internal pursuit versus the external pursuit, which is his life, which essentially is what, yeah. And he says uh, famously, I'm restless until I rest in you um, and how the true that is um, for all of us. I have tasted... I now hunger and thirst for more. You touch me, and I burn for your peace. So that's just a little bit. The confessions are really fun to read. I actually had the confessions read to me on audiobook while I was training for a half a marathon. So anytime I think of the confessions, I think of running eight-plus miles um, in Detroit on Belle Isle. Fun times. So, but it's a beautiful... uh, conversion story basically takes his entire life and how the Lord worked through it and called him to call him to be where he was so just a little bit about Saint uh, Ambrose so Saint Ambrose is the one that Monica Saint Monica took Saint Augustine to um, and he himself um, uh, feast day is December 7th he was born in 3040 uh, died in 397. He's a patron of beekeepers, beggars, learners, and Milan. Um, and talk about a fast-paced track to um, being a bishop, being not even being a bishop, being baptized and then being a bishop. That's a fast track. Yeah, so he was at uh, the councils at... Uh, nice scene. Yeah, he was at the Nicene Councils, and he gave into Nicene, not Arian beliefs, which we won't go into the anyways. Um, but, he was, but he essentially was, after that, after he gave a great discourse um, towards the belief of the Nicene Creed, which we all know, um, they wanted to make him bishop, and he ran. He attempted to hide from his colleagues. They gave up. Um, but within a week's time, uh, Ambrose was baptized, ordained, and duly consecrated the Bishop of Milan in 379. So within a week, he was there. He wasn't yet baptized. He was baptized and made a bishop within a week after that. Uh, as bishop, he donated all of his land, gave his money to the poor, um, and um, and then went into studying and um, tried to put an end to Arianism, and uh, he had 
theological disputes, which is one of the reasons why St. Augustine and him got along, was because they argued rhetoric um, from points of reason, not points of feelings, but points of reasons on which way um, is the truth. So that's the fun part about truth, is you can argue for it because it's true. All right, so that's the St. Augustine, St. St. Ambrose. Ambrose in a <coughs> spiel. So. Yeah. You know, St. Ambrose is, was a very good speaker, and one of the cool stories about him was that when he was born, a bunch of bees flew around his face, but he wasn't stung at all. But what they did leave behind was a little bit of trace of honey. So that's why he's, he's often, his dad, his dad kind of knew, saying, well, this, well, this kid when he grows up is going to be a great speaker. Um, because that's always the highest compliment. The golden tongue or most sweetest honey is often the highest compliment given to a speaker or a clergy member. So that's another interesting tidbit. Boom. But yeah, we hope we hope that you're inspired by these saints, especially for all mothers out there. Uh, it's getting more and more difficult um, just to have just to be a good wife, just to be a good Catholic mother in this world. And so whenever you're in desperation, look at Saint Monica. Right, her faith in Christ uh, helped bring about a great conversion in St. Augustine and also pray for St. Augustine for those um, children and also family members who are estranged from the faith because of the intellectual temptations right so Augustine had to humble himself intellectually so what we call the conversion of St. Augustine is really the intellectual conversion so um, so always ask for his intercession um, for, uh, for those scenarios yeah but we hope this has been helpful to you thank you for tuning in to the Practical Rabbit College Podcast. Stay holy, my friends.